Welcome to episode 8 of the Avatar Hour podcast, the show where we discuss all things Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. I'm Andre. And I'm Kayla. And this week we are recapping episodes 107 and 108, The Winter Solstice Parts 1 and 2. Before we get started, we do want to let you know that we will be discussing full spoilers for both Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. However, you are free from spoilers regarding any Avatar Universe comic books and also the Rise of Kiyoshi and the Shadow of Kiyoshi novels. Before we get into the episode, Kayla, how have you been doing? I've been, it's been a pretty busy week for me. Everything kind of just went like full throttle with like reading for school mm-hmm. and like some practices and stuff. But I got a stuffed stingray now, so that makes things a little better. Yes, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? His, name's, his name is Ziggy Stardust. Uh, he is a yellow stingray plushie. My oh C flap flap, my C pancake. He's tiny and cute. My friend made him for me. Thank you, Jen, for making him, for bringing him to life. He's amazing. So, yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, he's my companion at my desk, and he judges me when I don't do my work. He's our, he's our <laughs> new mascot, correct? I think so. We he needs to happen, be edited right? into the, the podcast artwork somewhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, a little yellow stingray in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's your week been? Oh, it's it's been a, it's been a lot. Um. I, I'm I'm working at um, my mom's uh, school helping with um, the kids that are doing virtual learning and that has been a lot it was a lot the first day of school was very hectic um, everyone came in didn't know what to do didn't know what the logins were didn't know where what websites are we using zoom Google me whatever you'd think all of it would be cleared up before you know school actually started but no we got to we got to work with all of that, but it's it's been interesting. It's been it's been the longest week of my life for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone seemed to start school this week. Like usually, New Jersey starts uh, pretty late. That's just New Jersey. Everyone else starts like yeah. way earlier than we do. Um, and then like you know, West Virginia, they're all the non-college. You know, all the public schools in West Virginia just started school like sometime this week, and I'm like, this is the first time that West Virginia. And New Jersey, I've started school at the same time, which yeah, I think you know, the North- pandemic for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think the northeastern part starts school in September because I know there are some schools that some like public schools that also start in August. But yeah, mm. I don't know. It's been a lot. Um, yeah. Okay, moving right along, we're gonna go into our new segment. Um, no news from the Avatar world this week. However, we do have some news for you guys, the listeners, regarding on how we're moving forward with the show. So after we finished recording last week's episode, we kind of got to talking about um, the topic episode that we were going to record and how we've been kind of doing like flip-flopping every week. One week will be a recap episode. The next week will be a topic episode and have that go back and forth uh, for for the foreseeable future. We decided that in an effort to try and um, maintain um, enough topics to talk about, we are only going to do a topic episode at the end of each month, sort of like a, a you know, a celebration of, of at the end of each month of, of just how good we, we were doing. Um, but no, that's we uh, we wanted to do that in an effort to just make sure that we don't get to a point where we're like, you know, doing like BuzzFeed articles on the podcast. Like we want our topic episodes to be like really interesting and engaging. Um, and to do that, we have to spread them out a little more. And we have a, we have a whole like Excel spreadsheet of, of topics that we plan on talking about. 
and I'm sure we will we will add on to that in the future, especially as more Avatar things come up. And when we read the the novels and the comic books, I'm sure more topics will spring from that. But yeah, that's where, where we're kind of at. So um, for so I think next week will also be a recap episode. And then the last week of September will be a topic episode. So it'll be the first three Mondays, depending on how many weeks there are in a month. First three or four Mondays will be a recap. And then the last Monday will be a topic episode. I've explained that like three different ways. So I hope, <laughs> I hope it's not confusing. Um, but yeah, anything you wanted to say about that, Kayla? I mean, yeah, the Avatar universe is pretty big and there is a lot to talk about, but I'm sure there's some ceiling. And to be honest, when it comes to like, you know, we don't want to reach our limit when it comes to ideas and topic stuff because we don't want to know what yeah. that ceiling looks like. You know, <laughs> it's more just quality control. And also, I think yeah. we want to we want to um, get through the actual watching of the show a little quicker because I think um, by the, the schedule that we were going on, we were going to we would probably be talking about Atla for like a year and a half. And like, so like, that's probably not where we want to be at, but you know, that also kind of, you know, helps the process of recapping the show move along a little faster, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thanks for clarifying that. And um, before we move on to our recap, uh, we do want to ask you that if you've been listening to this podcast and you enjoy our time, you know, hanging out with us, you know, maybe not in real time, but you know what I mean? Uh, particularly all the people who are listening on iTunes, uh, make sure you leave a re- you know a rating and a review. Uh, they help give the show more visibility to people who are looking for a new Avatar podcast to listen to. And you know we really like to grow our little Avatar Hour family that's starting to you know spring up a little bit around this show. So we really like to have some more people to come join the fun. You know, of course, absolutely. So leave a rating review if you can. And if you listen on uh, any other website like Spotify or something, uh, share the link on your social media or retweet from our pages. You know, we, we, we have a lot of plans to do um, a couple of live episodes, some live streams for you guys. Um, and maybe I hope you don't mind me teasing this, Caleb, but maybe a Patreon is somewhere in our future. Um, we just want to be able to give you guys a lot of great content and, um, we'd love to do that to a, um, a group of listeners that we can interact with. Cause I think that'll only make our show better and hopefully your listening experience, listening experience also better. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Now on with the show. On with the show. Let's start with our recap. We're going to start at 107, the winter solstice part one. Now, um, if you remember the way we did um, the Southern Air Temple episode where we split up the arcs, we're going to do something similar here because there's a very prominent A arc and a uh, not so prominent B arc. So we're going to talk about um, the gang's main plot um, first and then the B plot with Zuko and Iroh um, at the, the second half of this discussion. Um, so the gang encounters this burnt down field and it's all very melodramatic and sad. And Aang is sort of reflecting on basically how he thinks he's failed as the avatar because he thinks he should have been there to stop it. And this is coming right off the back of like a very fun intro of, of you know, just Aang flying through clouds. And then it was kind of this like this tonal dissonance all of a sudden of seeing this field. Sokka describes it like as a scar, um, just this burnt down stretch of land. And I think this sets up where Aang is going to be in these part one and part two episodes, um, especially his relationship to being the Avatar is is evolving with every episode. And I think 
these two episodes are the first kind of episodes where he feels like he is failing at his job, essentially. And I think that's a really interesting place to put him at, especially so early in the season, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's kind of like briefly grappled with some of these things. Like, you know, it's kind of like smaller moments of him feeling that kind of, you know, feeling the weight of that burden as the avatar. You know, we see, of course, you know, Southern Air Temple, a little bit of Kyoshi Island, you know, like, you know, this definitely touches on it even more. And then, you know, it just kind of grows as, you know, the series goes on, as this season goes on. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's also really evident that Aang is in desperate need of some guidance, uh, some sort of mentor teacher. And I think he even says as much. Um, he's still waiting to make some sort of connection with his avatar, Roku. Um, and then Katara noticeably um, makes an effort to cheer him up and, and throws like a, a acorn or something at him and says, you know, this this is not gone forever. This forest will grow back and the animals will come back and everything. I just thought that was a really sweet moment on, on Katara's part. It is kind of a sweet moment. Yeah. I was kind of thinking with like, I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm like jumping too far with this, but like just thinking about, you know, how the world lived without airbenders for so long. And then, you know, Legend of Korra, they came back kind of like, you know, the forest did almost. Oh, I love that. So, Aww. you know, I mean, obviously it took a couple of years for that to manifest itself, but, you know, it doesn't, a forest doesn't grow in a day. So, Look you know. Look at you, Kayla, out the gate. I love it. <laughs> thank you thank you i just i literally just finished season three of Korra yesterday so it's still fresh in my mind that's awesome <laughs> i love that um but they they're interrupted by a stranger who needs their help to protect his village from this spirit that has been attacking them for the past three nights so they arrive in this village and it's completely uh, at least halfway decimated um and i'm i'm sorry i'm super cynical but when I first watched the episode, I was like, why is no one making any effort to like clean up a little bit of the debris? <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I'm like, my first thought was not, oh, these poor people. My first thought is, where is the construction team? Girl, where is the, the the local cleanup crew? Like, <laughs> It's not even wow. a legitimate criticism. I was just like, and then I left to myself being like, why am I so cynical? Um, uh, it's, the, it's the weight of the world right now let's be honest we're all a little bit cynical true true pandemic brain again <laughs> <laughs> well yeah their, their bureaucracy isn't working either um, so when Aang arrives in the village um, it looks like the rumor of his return has spread pretty much everywhere even this small little town and the way they, they like revere Aang was really interesting to see because I think like we know that the Avatar is a big deal but um, I think we sometimes forget just like how much he like is a cultural like divine figure in the society like like completely get on your knees and bow down to this person like I think we sometimes forget that because of what we know about Aang and I think it's really interesting that the show never really leans on that too much because it's much much more interested in like the person that the avatar is and not like the the sort of surface level position that they're in, if that makes sense. I mean, like, you know, with the, how they treat Aang, I mean, you know, it's kind of tell, you can kind of, I mean, obviously Aang's a 12 year old kid, but they still treat him as if he's this like, you know, spiritual leader, which not that the avatar isn't that, but they kind of treat him as if, uh, you know, he's already like super experienced, you know? Yeah. 
that's the yeah, thing like, with with they don't they don't see his age at all is the thing like to them it 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 does not matter that he's a 12 year old kid to them they he is like basically the leader of the free world at this point which i think is interesting and i don't know if there is like um a cultural influence of of um like what am i trying to say like it's kind of like in the in the monarchy like even if the the king is like six years old or something he's still technically the rightful claim to the throne in fact that's exactly what we're seeing with the earth king the earth king in uh this era king i think you say it's pronounced kue or qe or something like that the one with the bear um but he was he got to the throne at a very early age and that's why long fang took uh power he came on as his advisor but eventually became the one calling the shot so it's kind of the same thing but I guess it's just a thing in this world that the the age doesn't really matter. It's more about the position that that person holds. Yeah. Do we, do you think that's way. fair to like, like not not consider the fact that he's a twelve year old and to be like the weight of the free world is on your shoulders? <laughs> it's absolutely not fair. I mean, don't these like you know a lot of these grown ups have kids, you know, or at least mm-hmm. know a kid, like, you know. Just, he's a kid, guys. You know, chill a little bit. He's, I mean, he's trying his best, but, you know, he's just, you know, like everyone has, he's kind of expecting, like, you know, this, you know, super wise figure, super spiritually intact person. And mm-hmm. that's not A, at least, you know, not right now. <laughs> I think that's, um, I think the word is there it's unreasonable to think that maybe not unfair but maybe a little bit unfair too but it's it's unreasonable to expect so much from a, a 12 year old child but i mean i guess at the end of the day i mean i guess the faith was put in a good place so i don't know that's interesting so we learn about this attack um, from the spirit Haybai that has been um, sort of kidnapping people um, for the past three nights. And we learn in this episode that when the winter solstice approaches, the divide between the natural world and the spirit world are essentially blurred. And this is also where we learn that Aang is meant to be the bridge between these two worlds as the avatar. And so this bit of like world building it's like a big deal, but I just want to comment about how um, it's just introduced very matter-of-factly, which is an interesting way to in- introduce world building because it doesn't sit the viewer down and be like, so the avatar is the da-da-da-da-da. It's very much like, it, it's just Aang being like, oh yeah, I'm also the the bridge between these two worlds. And we don't really even know what that means at this point. Like, what does it mean like is he meant to be some sort of conduit some sort of person that jumps between worlds to communicate it reminds me of the book i'm reading now a darker shade of magic where there's these multiple universes and they have people that can very specific magical people that can jump between worlds but they're very few and a lot of the the societal functions depend on these people uh passing messages between the worlds it kind of reminded me of that but um it's it's just very interesting i mean like it makes sense technically but again we still don't know a whole lot about what that entails for the avatar i mean i've said this a couple times already on the podcast but i'll say it again 
Uh, one of the things that makes it great with the world building is that it allows us to kind of see, kind of like see and learn more about this world from the perspective of the characters. Sometimes mm-hmm. Aang does the world building. Sometimes Katara and Sokka do it. Sometimes a stranger does it. Right now we're kind of in Aang's shoes because he doesn't really know what, you know, that means between the bridge between worlds and neither do we. So, you know, that yeah. kind of allows you to emphasize, eh, empathize with the character and, you know, good stuff. <laughs> and he even says, like, I I don't know. I'm the Avatar. I guess I'll just find a way to figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he doesn't really know what he's doing. But I mean, like, fair. Because, like, again, he's mm-hmm. been out of commission for 100 years. And also, again, like, the whole premise of this these two episodes is that there's no one there to tell him how to be the Avatar is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I also wanted to point out something real quick before we move on to the next point. Um, When they mentioned the winter solstice being like, you know, where the natural world and the spirit world are blurred, we see this again in Korra season two, uh, you know, they go to the South Pole and for the Glacier Spirit Festival. And that's when Korra opens the spirit portal, the first one. That's true. Um, So, you know, connections. Do we see anything happen in the summer solstice? Is that when the comet comes? I think so. Or is it the eclipse? Mm. Uh, are we bad Avatar fans for not knowing this? <laughs> I, for some reason, nothing is clicking with me for the summer solstice. Well, I don't know. Well, moving mm. on. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, the sunset comes and Aang fights this uh spirit which i gotta say maybe this is me just being controversial yet brave once again but avatar is a terrifying show because <laughs> this bitch <laughs> this spirit right here haunts me and i remember it scaring the absolute shit out of me as a kid like this this spirit is terrifying i thought that was the most scary spirit until we meet ko the face stealer later in the series don't even get me fucking started on ko like what the no, no. fuck yeah <laughs> just like i was watching him just like oh my god i was also watching late at night how so did i, was I like, watch this late? how did i watch this late at night because i binge watched avatar literally after i was supposed to be asleep <laughs> and i watched it the first time how did i watch this not getting nightmares the first go around <laughs> I was, I literally paused the episode. I was like, okay, I'll save this to the morning. Like, I am such a pussy when it comes to that shit. I'm just like, I can't. I can't. I cannot be the only one that is legitimately freaked out by the spirit. I think, I think. I'll Call just... in. Call in and let us know if this, if this spirit right here, this one right here, officer, absolutely scared the absolute shit out of you. Anyway, okay. so they fight. Co wins, though. Co wins. Co does series. win. Well, oh my God. Um,. <laughs> So they fight. Aang is not winning. And Sokka throughout this sequence is like, we got we got to help him. We got to help him. So he goes to help him and he basically gets snatched up by the spirit and the spirit just disappears into the night. Aang follows after them and he happens upon this this statue of a panda. Okay. Um, and he basically gets knocked into his spirit form. And what I l- like about this is that you can't really tell that he's in the spirit form at night. Like the way they, they colorize the scene, I guess is, is like, it feels just like the, the night, the night light. No, the, the light from the moon is what is giving him that, that blue go- glowing, um, colorization. Well, but when he comes back to the village in the morning and he's blue and you're like oh shit like that's that's not normal um (laughs) but this was also 
completely accidental too, which seems to be for all of like Aang's strengths with his like spirituality, a lot of like these things like going into the Avatar state, going into the spirit world happens very accidentally. And also you can kind of notice like, I mean, again, because I'm watching Korra, Aang in this spirit form looks a lot like Jinora later when she starts doing her astral projecting, which I think, you know. Yeah, that's I true. I like the connections between the two shows. Okay, let me enjoy it. But Jinora does it very willingly. Like she mm-hmm. has she has pretty a pretty good grasp on it. So yeah. yeah, I don't really I don't really know. It's a, I I'm still not completely clear on how it works with Jinora, but um Again, it, it stems from my complete confusion with uh, Legend of Korra season two finale, but it's fine. Um, yeah, but it's very it's very similar sort of sort of circumstances. Um, so he returns to the village, and Katara has presumably been waiting there all night, um, and he realizes that he can't be seen and he can't airbend. And I think it's I think it's a nice little touch, um, and also it informs the audience that the spirit itself is not responsible for the bending ability because it all comes from like physical chi when you don't have that you can't bend so i thought you know it's a very very uh it makes a whole lot of sense but i feel like most shows would completely gloss over that i don't know it's just the 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 details details um he runs into roku's dragon who takes him to avatar roku's temple in the fire nation and this is basically where he learns that this is where he's going to meet Roku and he has to meet him in the physical world by the winter solstice. Now, a couple of things here. Aang mentions that the dragon is Avatar Roku's animal guide, like Appa is to him. And so, again, this is another thing that, like, we didn't know until a character says it. And we just, like, got it, write it down in the notes that happens in the Avatar universe. I think it's really interesting that... um there is a there is an animal guy because I think that in itself is a tie to the physical world, the other side of the bridge, you know, because if you know if the avatar is antisocial, at least he's got a pet, you know, <laughs> like at least he's got like an animal companion. Like for you, it would be your stingray. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, you get a spirit guide. I love that. Yeah, and I mean, obviously for Korra, it's Naga. I would love to know the animal guides for the other avatars. For one, it was the it was, I don't know what the animal was was or I can't remember its name, it's a, but it was, I think it's a spirit. You know, it was like literally a spirit in the spirit was world. Was it a spirit? Well, it wasn't a spirit. No, Alec because was in... because he, they were there were people like trying to eat it in the forest. Like it got it was right. like caught in that net. I forgot. Yeah, I can't remember what 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 the animal was. Anyway, so I thought that yeah. was cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing was that I noticed that the dragon basically i guess communicates by touching ang's third eye with his tendril or his i don't know what he's touching him with um whiskers no dragons don't have whiskers whiskers <laughs> that's the only thing i can think of to describe it okay this is better than tendrils um yeah but i i just i just wrote this down because the the third eye at least the, the way it works in this world is um also where a lot of the chi like it's like one where where one of the chakras are and that's where um, Amon puts his thumb when he takes away people yeah that's in. where that's where Amon does it and that's also where the the lion turtle puts the claws to to do to give the person bending they put it on the third eye and the heart and Amon only uses the third eye which you know 
we'll get there, but it's interesting. <laughs> um, and then the last thing is we see a glimpse of Susan's comet, which don't remember ever seeing that that early. Um, but it's like, I kind of got chills a little bit cause I was like, fuck, this is like episode like seven, like, and we're already setting this up very well. I might add, I don't remember these two episodes being so early in the season. Like if th these two episodes feel like a good midpoint mid season finale, but they're right, like really early in the season, which probably for good reason, cause it sort of colorizes and affects how they move forward in the other episodes after this. It kind of gives them an extra, like, you know, jet fuel to the, let's get to the Northern Water Tribe, you know, kind of. Yeah, but what else like... do they do? Make pit stops. Yeah. Play with some pirates. Stay with some kids in a tree. No. <laughs> if you listen to last episode and the two episodes before, I am a one destination kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> no pit stops. That's why I don't go to restaurants and malls because you're walking to the, re the, the restaurant in the mall and then the people you're with are like, oh, let's stop in this store. Let's stop in that store. No. I, pr I promise I will one day shut up about this, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, after that, Aang returns back to his body and notices the statue of the panda uh, that, you know, his body was resting, was resting on. He just sort of notices it and considers it. He returns to the village to face Hei again and realizes that Hei is that panda spirit. And he's lashing out like this because the village uh, I'm sorry, the, the forest that the panda was living in was burned down. Um, and, you know, a little commentary on, you know, environmental impact and stuff like that. But um, this is where Aang finally gets a win and is able to essentially calm the spirit down. And, you know, the, the spirit turns into its panda form, really uh, goes back into the forest and Sokka and the other people that the spirit kidnapped return. Ta -da. Yeah, and there's and no then, bathrooms in the spirit world. There are no bathrooms in, canonically. There are no bathrooms in the spirit world. You will need to know that later. <laughs> I love how they reference to that later. Like just like that one like random detail is just it's like literally a detail from like you know a smaller like I mean and it's an important episode. It's like a smaller scale episode in season one. They reference to what season three or something. Yes, yes. Like I they do that, that all the time. I love, I love it. Thing. Um, but then finally, and Ang. Um, tells them where they need to go and da 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 it's in the fire nation they're gonna have to go to the fire nation um wrapping up this recap we're gonna do zuko iris arc there isn't a whole lot to talk about here uh, but there are very there's some there are some very significant things to talk about here um arrow gets captured by some earthbenders after you know nodding off in a hot tub that he heated himself which i guess if you're a firebender that's a that's a big plus um the earthbenders if I if I've got this right, the Earthbenders want to take him to Bossing Say to face trial for Iroh's six hundred day siege of Bossing Say. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, like he said, they're taking him back to where you know, mm -hmm. where I don't remember exactly what the words were, but you know what I mean. Because the first the first watch through, I was like, they're taking him back to the Fire Nation, but no, I I think they're supposed to be taking him back to face yeah, their uniforms. The uniforms I know, are I know, but like, and all that stuff looks like. I know, but I don't know if if the the Earthbenders at first were thinking we need to return him to where we came from, or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, I think they're definitely meant to be taking him back to Bossing Say, and also six hundred days. I don't remember this. Um, I I don't remember the siege being this long. Could you imagine like six hundred days? Like after a while, like the people in the lower ring will have just forgotten that they're there. Do you know what I mean? 
Like, yeah, that's almost two years right there. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe like the first two hundred days, like everyone in the lower ring is getting kind of, is like nervous, but after a while, they're 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 like, oh, he's still here. Like they're still trying to get in. Like <laughs> six hundred days, man. Um, and I wrote Iroh is a bamf because he is because of the way the, the his mind. Like, ugh, his mind. He is so also, smart. He's, like, st- he's also, like, still ripped, even though, like, we don't see it. He hasn't had his prison workout yet. Do you see oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. He might be pudgy, don't but don't let that fool you. And I love that. <laughs> I love that. Love yourself. Love your body, Iroh. Um, yeah, he, he's very smart. Leaves a trail for Zuko to find. I love the, the way, you know, he's like, you know, the, these poor handcuffs, like bumping against my poor he takes wrist. Advantage. <laughs> yeah. He takes like, advantage of like, he like heats up the them. handcuff and like sticks the guy's hand against it. Like, oh my God. I <laughs> that is savage. <laughs> That's where I was like, yeah, he's a Banff. That's totally a Banff. Um, but here's here's the thing that I kind of freaked out a little bit when I saw the episode. Iroh sees the spirit form of Roku's dragon and Aang fly overhead. And he's the only one that sees it. And I'm just like, again, do not remember this. And also, what does this mean? I mean, so he's very spiritually in touch. I mean, after he died, he's literally lives in the spirit world, you know? Like, you don't see any other humans really living in the spirit world after dying, except for him. So, you know, that does go to show, like, exactly how, like, you know, in touch with that he is. That's probably why he sees it. I I think it's a much bigger deal than that. Like, I I was so, (laughs) so shook, especially after they made a point of saying no one can see him. And then Mm -hmm. Iroh just notices him flying overhead. I'm just like... I think it's much more than he's, he's, like, spiritually attuned. Like, I think there is something ingrained in him where he draws his wisdom from where he is able to see see the spirit world i mean it could also again be the solstice because he said that the the villagers said the natural mm-hmm. world and the spirit world they go they come closer and closer during the solstice so maybe that's a way that they just wanted to show that but i don't know man i was just so shook when that happened I forgot. I, I've that like that put happened. exclamation marks next to it in the dark. I was like, "This is this yeah. is a big deal." Yeah. Well, I mean, then again, you have to see again with like you don't get you don't see any humans living in the spirit world after death, except for those who get trapped in the you know the fog. As far as but we know, for people yeah. who just people who just like you know, died and passed on, like Iroh is the only human we see in the spirit worlds that you know lives there. So that's 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 not a that's not a that's not a very common thing. They, they present in Legend of Korra is that he's the only person that has been able to do this. That, mm-hmm. that instead of, you know, passing away in his natural body, he decided to stay in the spirit world. And whatever that means, like, <laughs> I don't know what what that entails. Like, I don't know. And I, I doubt they get it. They get into it in the comics. Or, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. That's really interesting. Um, and couple other things um zuko chooses to save iroh instead of going after the gang which uh, you put here that this is a small part of the redemption arc that we might see later Mm -hmm. personally i i really think so i mean 
the they're obviously have very good writers you know in this you know on the show and like you know how early on they plan certain things like Soden's Comet that kind of thing how early on we know about these things you know there's like small things like this that I didn't pick up on before are definitely steps towards like you know redeeming him in the end you show how much he cares about his uncle you know that's got yeah he does he does really care redeeming quality Mm -hmm. but it's um it's it's interesting considering how i mean this is stretching it but the decision zuko makes at the end of season two to betray iroh to go after the avatar which is the exact opposite of what he does here i don't know i just think it's it's interesting it's interesting and i and you know what i i feel like even if I didn't know Zuko's reduction arc was coming, I would say this was out of character for him. Like if I didn't know that Zuko would, would eventually make that turn, I would have, I would have said it doesn't make sense that Zuko would go after Iroh. I mean, like, cause he was ready to leave him if he didn't come to the, to the ship in time. And like, I mean, I, I don't think he really meant that, but I don't know. That's, it's just, it's just an interesting, interesting bit of character to show for Zuko, as again, especially so early on. Like the the work is already being done. Like there isn't really a period where Zuko is one hundred percent just like a mustache twirling evil guy like his father. Um, he's he and Iroh are constantly being put in storylines where you are supposed to root for them, like subconsciously so, but you're still supposed to root for them. Yeah, and then eventually, uh, you know, Zuko and Iroh team up and fight the Earthbenders together. You know, five against two. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. Another another showcase of airbending, which, uh, Earthbending, sorry, which I love. Um, but, you know, I, I really noticed this. And it again, it is because I, I did a full rewatch of Korra. But these early fight scenes are looking a little rough. They look fine, but they just do not hit the same way as Legend of Korra. And I think a lot of it has to do with the the, the fire animation. Like, it, it doesn't really feel like the fire is there. You know what I mean? Because, like, there's no, um, like, lighting animation to go with it. And even in the bright daylight, the fire would still be brighter than everything around it. So I, I'm not going to get into it. It was just, like, it left... And it was also, like, a little awkwardly paced. And it was, like... This is a little weird to watch. Like I, I get that they were still trying to find their groove, but the first real good fight in my mind that they that they see is that we see is probably like Toph's fight in season two. I in my mind, the way I'm remembering it could change, but the way I'm remembering it, that's when the bending fights started to be the the way we know them now. I think. I'm holding this in the entire time, but to the, got two words for you. 2005 animation. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> sometimes they do the lighting animation on the fire and sometimes they don't, but I know it can be a budget thing or whatever. It's just, it was just interesting to to sort of compare it, you know, and like to see where Avatar was and where it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, yeah, 2005 uh, animation for sure. Cool. And that's our recap for 107. We will see you guys after this quick break. 
and we're back. Let's start recapping 108, The Winter Solstice Part 2. Okay, so now, uh, you know, the spirit has stopped terrorizing the village. They're about to leave. Aang doesn't want Katara and Sokka to come with them. Eventually, you know, they pers- they persuade, them, you know, persuade themselves back onto Abba's back, and they go fly away to go find out what Aang's vision means. They have, like, what, like 18 hours to make it to a Fire Nation temple before the solstice ends. Did they so, say 18 you know, hours in the episode? It's on the recap page. So. Oh, okay. But but they left early in the morning, like really early in the morning to get mm-hmm. there before the end of the day. To, so, beat the, to beat the morning traffic, yeah. Yeah, beat the morning traffic. Exactly, <laughs> the air traffic with the, the fireballs and stuff. <laughs> okay, if we got that wrong. It's Avatar Wiki's, uh, Av- yeah, Avatar Wiki's fault. Sorry. But they have a certain amount of time to reach a Fire Nation uh, (laughs) temple before the solstice ends. Uh, So the gang is getting tracked by Zuko, and uh, you know they're on. Zuko's on the ship, and Appa's in the sky, so they're following him. Uh, And Ira's like, "Dude, like this isn't a really good idea. We're going back to Fire Nation territory. Like, did you forget you're banished? Like, you're banished. Yeah, Zuko, you're banished. Your dad doesn't want you to come back. Well, yeah, he's like." He has the good point of like, I'm technically within my rights. I have found a loophole, Uncle Iroh. And even mm-hmm. and even Iroh's like, my brother is not the understanding type, which it's true. don't think Ozai would be okay. Again, no. like it, it, we've said this before, but Ozai is sent him on this, this quest, like Goose fully chase. expecting for him not to succeed. So there's definitely no way he would have understood no. this at all. No. So they're dealing with the blockade while being tracked by Zuko. Fireballs flying, all that good stuff. And then we find out that the grand douchebag himself, Zhao, is part of the blockade. And uh, even gets Zuko caught in the crossfire. Like, even was willing to pretty much, like, kill Zuko, basically. If it meant yeah. getting, like, shooting Appa down. So I'm like, see, that's why he's the grand douchebag. <laughs> the grand <laughs> like, douchebag, yeah. Grand douchebag Zhao. <laughs> I have to say, this opening sequence, it... it took a long time like it was like half of the episode i loved it though it was like the first like um really like high stakes high tension action sequence that we've seen and it doesn't even have like a lot of bending it's just more of like it felt like a a live game of chess with someone playing uno above you or something like you know what i mean like a lot of things going on i think it was it was really like you know it really gets you on the edge of your seat yeah, the gang survive. Just in case you were worried, they survive. They don't get eaten. You know, they don't get shot down by the the Fire Nation. Well, yeah, um, Sokka absolutely gets bodied off of uh, off his back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they catch him. It's okay, guys. He survives. Um, so they get to the manage to get to the blockade and somewhat one piece. Appa is slightly singed. You know, he's the real MVP of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like he really is, uh, and. They're about to stop Zuko from passing the blockade, but then Zhao's like, wait, nope, let's follow him. Let's follow him instead. Let him do all the work for us. Yeah. Uh, so I let Zuko pass, and Zuko's ship is still is smoking pretty badly. Um, so then he's like, oh, easy way to follow him. Let's just follow him. So the gang is being followed by Zuko. He's being followed by Zhao. So, you know, just one big conga line of conquest i guess <laughs> conga line of conquest that's the name of my new my new ya novel conga line of conquest conga line 
Oh my god. Yeah, so they're following each other. It's great. And so they end up arriving at the temple, you know, holla, you know, hallelujah, we made it. You know, I'm tired, guys. Let me let me live. Uh so they arrive at the temple only to encounter the fire sages who will not let them in because uh, you know, their their loyalties seem to lie with Fire Lord Ozai and not with the Avatar like they're kind of supposed to. Um, but thankfully there is one sage whose loyalty lies with the Avatar and he helps the kids sneak in. Huzzah. I don't say this lightly, but fuck these guys. Like, (laughs) sorry. Sorry about it. But like, you're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to be in service to the Avatar no matter who it is. You know? Like, it's like, hmm. I wonder what possible analogy I can make about an entity that needs to be loyal regardless of whoever their leader is and whether or not it aligns with their own personal interests. I wonder what kind of analogy I can make. Um, yeah. Like, come on, man. Like just because (laughs) the avatar came back, he like came, even if like, I'm sure you guys weren't the ones a hundred years ago being like, he's not coming back. Like you're not that old. First of all, second of all, he's back. You should be able to help him. I don't think they're even in line with Ozai. I mean, like, they, they have to be because he's the Fire Lord, but I don't think they're acting in the interest of Ozai. I just think they're scorned Fire Sages that are mad because no one came after Roku in, in their mind, you know? Interesting point. I still don't like them. <laughs> Except for that Never one guy. I. That one guy's fine. Except for that one guy who helped him out. He's good. We who good. has a canonical name, but for some reason I cannot remember. I cannot remember the life of me, and I literally wrote this this morning, so. You know what? Oops. You could, you keep, you know, I, I need, I need to rep this man's, so you keep going with the, the recap, and I'll look at, look up the transcript <laughs> look, really quickly. Look up the, look up the, the real MVP. The, the other real MVP besides Appa in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> The sage helps them out, and they get to the sanctuary where Aang is supposed to, uh, you know, convene with Roku, only to find that they, the avatar, it's either the avatar at his full power, or five sages have to use firebending to open the door. So they're kind of screwed because Aang can't firebend, and there's really no other firebenders around. Uh, Sokka actually has a pretty clever idea to imitate firebending to open the sanctuary door, but it doesn't work. However, it's still smart enough to trick the sages into thinking that Aang is in the sanctuary, and the sages open the doors, and Momo attacks the sages. We love Momo. We stand Momo. <laughs> this was a really cool way to to implement Sokka's abilities and knowledge into the into the episode, especially like I feel like um maybe to the casual viewer, like I think Sokka can at, at least in this first, first couple episodes, like kind of fall into the background because he is a non-bender. But like, as the, the show progresses, he more than enough proves his worth as a part of the, ta- as a part of the team to the point that he doesn't think so. It is, we get a whole episode of him addressing that, but uh, in season three, but even if it didn't work, like it's still pretty impressive it still for Sokka. To, I mean, like, yeah, in the end it worked, it, it but not in, in the, the way end. they wanted it to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they open the sanctuary doors, uh, and you know, of course, uh, they're about to. You know, Aang's about to run in, and then I was like, "Nope, Zuko's here." Hi, Zuko's here. Uh, <laughs> and Aang gets uh, eventually. Uh, Aang escapes from Zuko and then runs into the sanctuary, but Katara and Sokka get captured. Weren't weren't. Uh, also, Zhao's here eventually. We, we well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Aang only gets a few minutes to talk with Roku, and through this sequence, we learn about Sozin's comet for the first time, instead of just being you know alluded to. And we learn that Firebenders become more powerful, including the Fire Lord, when this comet arrives. Well, shit. Real quick <laughs> aside here, I need to speak to Netflix because they need to fire whoever transcri- transcribed the subtitles, because uh, it is Sozin with an I and not an E. Wait, they spelled Sozin wrong? Yeah, they spell S-O-Z-E-N. I usually don't care, but it's literally like an episode title eventually. So like, come on, y'all. No, nope, that bothers me. Come on, y'all. Also, the guy's name was Shayu. Shout out to Shayu. Real Shai-Yu. MVP. But yeah, Susan with Shai-Yu. an I, not a Z, uh, not an E. I'll be, I will be contacting Netflix for that. Thank you. Um, yeah, this all happens like very quickly too. Um, and is it me or like does does Zuko just like kind of like disappear into the background like you wonder why he's there to begin with do you know what I mean I mean you still want to capture he still wants to capture Aang he's super close to it also I know but like he's going to be after him so he wants to get he wants to beat him would beat Zhao really yeah I guess yeah I don't know like I I just kind of forgot that he (laughs) that he was there um and like (laughs) By the time Roku is fucking shit up in the temple, he just like kind of jumps out the window. <laughs> so yeah. we don't really know uh, what happens but, to him, but it's fine. Yeah. And so basically now there's a time limit on when Aang needs to defeat the Fire Lord because of Sozin's comet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, stakes are even higher now. Now there's an actual time limit. He is like, what, like a year or something? Maybe Not less even. Less than a year. By the like, end of the summer, which I don't think is... I, I don't think it's a whole year. It's like less. Yeah, it's less than a year. So, you know, that's still I, it's. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, where the timeline is. Just but like I stop for a second and think about like how quickly like he was able to like, you know, get all the elements together by that time. Well, that's the know? other thing is when I was watching that, I was like, like that's impressive as hell. Even <laughs> by the end of the show, uh, he hasn't he has a, a competence, but I mastering all four elements is a bit of a stretch because even Toph says like in part one of four of the finale is like your earth money could still use a little work so he hasn't mastered it quite yet but and the he, fact that he, he had, was like you know good enough at it to be able to he was you know defeat good enough fire. at it yeah. yeah for sure but even but Roku is like girl you have to get it done because if mm-hmm. literally literally if if Ozai does this it will be the end of the world which i it was funny considering like by the time we get to the finale their original plan is just to wait till after the comet and i'm just like roku said can you imagine like being roku and hearing that and be like i literally told you you cannot wait till after (laughs) yeah yeah but you know what i also real quick aside the guy that voices avatar roku is also like the the harry potter trailer guy like this year at Hogwarts school, yeah. Why? I knew he sounded familiar. Like, is he a yeah. narrator for some some something? He's got to be. I've heard him in other things, but for some reason, my brain was automatically like, "Oh, he's the guy from the Harry Potter trailers." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, but but this is all very like. Even as the viewer, you're just like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So much time already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like waste more time. Yeah, you know. and it's kind of like we were Someone's talking got about a case of destination fever. And and here's what I'm... I had to make a, I had to make a joke about that. I had to make a reference to the secret tunnel episode. I'm sorry, it was important to me. <laughs> Listen, it's 
it's for character. But here's, I'm going to ask this question again. <laughs> is it fair for Roku to ask this of Aang? Well, who else is he going to ask? He's a spirit. He's dead. Who else can he talk to? Apparently, well, if he can possess humans, then he can, he can uh, t- talk to people. But like, it's not even a matter of like, who else is he going to talk to? It's, it's a matter of like, He's like telling this 12 year old kid that he has to end the war before the war destroys the world. And I'm just like, yeah. this poor kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I can, can't even handle my, I have a hard time handling my deadlines for grad school classes. I, so <laughs> I can't even handle like getting pulled over by the police. Like, Dude. I cannot imagine being told by a past life. That if I don't step up, the world will end by the end of the summer. I'm like, I'm already there, Avatar Roku. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Work, Aang. Go for it. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so Roku possesses Aang, um, which we, we, we see later on, kind of. But it is interesting because the reason he's able to do this, do this is because it's the Winter Solstice. But... Avatar Kiyoshi does it not during the solstice. Is is she just that powerful? Is that what we're meant Kiyoshi's to believe? Kiyoshi's like the Chuck Norris of the Avatar universe. So, you know, she can do anything. Well, I don't I also don't know if it's like <laughs> if the place where she possessed thing cuz there was like maybe there's lingering energy of her that she can like tap Probably. into from the spirit world. I Probably. don't know if that's how that works, but yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But it, we we do see it happen again. And he just completely fucking bodies this temple. And he does some lava bending, which is cool. Um, First and... time we see it without getting the name for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it Even yeah. the way it's animated, it's like, it's it's still not really clear if it's an, a subset of earth bending or fire bending. But I think it's pretty clear in Korra that it is, it is a subset of earth bending. Um, which is a nice little swerve because you would think, you know, fire bending, but it, it, lava is just molten rock. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Zhao arrives and waits for Ang to leave the temple. Gets bodied by by you know by Roku. Like, psych! It's Roku. Yeah. You know. And the fire uh, sages the Roku, are absolutely fucking shook. They got narked. <laughs> <laughs> vibe check. <laughs> you absolutely vibe checked by Roku, and the gang gets away as the winter solstice ends. Dun dun dun. Yep. Scary. And that's the end of our recap for 108. Love that. All right. This week's Fandom Corner, not a theory, but Kayla found, found this, really funny. this absolute gem of a meme. Um, and I'm so honored that I am able to be the one to read it. Um, it's <laughs> Here we go. It just says, Zuko really did walk in on Sokka about to get laid and go, tell me about your dead mom, bro. Which I mean, you know, we've all been there. You know, this, this one hits home for uh, me. Uh, <laughs> does it? I don't know if you want to talk about this story on the air, but once they go off the air, do tell if you have an actual story <laughs> like this. You know? Let's just say there was a reason I deleted Grinder. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I am really not going to cut that out. You know, it's time. It's This is episode what? Episode 8? It's time. It's time. Hi, listeners. Um, <laughs> Zuko really is the original cock blocker, huh? He's a cock blocker. Yep, yep. 
unknowingly so sure yeah same thing with suyin in the comics for legend of, for the legend of Korra one like oh yeah i only yeah. know this because someone shares like screenshots in like the legend of Korra fangirls be like were they about to like because <laughs> they like you know they sat on the bed together they looked at each other and then you know suyin bursts in just be like hey something happened and i'm just like yes they were and Sokka was even wearing a bunch of flowers so you could say he was about to get well hello laid. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to get laid. He's bringing flower to flowers. Lay, get it? Laid. Puns. Oh, there's about to be some deflowering for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Why is this Avatar after hour now? Oh, God. (laughs) All right, we need to wrap this up quickly. But yeah, this is is just funny. This is something. I just just have to admire, even after Zuko leaves, he's like, yeah, I'm still in the mood. He's like, Suki, are you still... (laughs) Zuko's still there. He didn't even wait for Zuko to to walk away, which I'm I'm sure the Zuko and Sokka shippers. I am sure that there is a fan fiction out there that took this scene and took it in a completely different direction. Listeners, if you know, send me the link because I am curious. It had to be quiet. It had to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Social media plug. Kayla, go. Okay. All right. We want to hear from you, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> do you have any suggestions? <laughs> yes, we do actually want to hear from you. We, ha- If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like us to discuss on the show or any comments or any funny memes, we'll take those too. Uh, you can send it directly to us at the Avatar Hour Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the call. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you'd like to follow us and stay up to date on what we're doing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want me to do this? It's all right, I got it. <laughs> and if you'd like to follow... Shut up. <laughs> and if you'd like to follow us and stay up to date on what we're doing during the week, share your opinions on our fandom polls, or you just want to know when new episodes drop, you can follow us on Facebook at the Avatar Hour Podcast, Instagram at the Avatar Hour Podcast, and Twitter at Avatar Hour. And if you'd like to follow us personally, you can find me on Twitter at Kayla underscore underscore Gagnon. And if you want more hot solid gems from me, you can follow me at Hey It's underscore Andre. And that's it. That's it. What a weird end. Twists <laughs> <laughs> and turns. Covered every, I think we covered the bases on this one. Yeah, we were, yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. So next week we'll be doing, um, I believe it's the Waterbending Scroll and Jet, which I'm sure we'll have a lot of thoughts on. Um, and we'll, we'll be doing a topic episode. We're looking at getting a special guest to come on. No one, no one from the show. Don't get your hopes up. We have a mutual friend that we want to have on the show. And I think you guys are really going to like her. She's really cool and really smart and really amazing. So looking forward to that. Um, but until then, this has been great. Thank you all for listening. I'm Andre. And I'm Kayla. See you next week, guys. Bye bye.
I'm rolling on my end. Cool. Let's do it. <clears throat> Welcome to episode six of the Avatar Hour podcast, the show where we discuss all things Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. I'm Andre. And I'm Kayla, and I think this is episode eight. <laughs> Fuck. 